0: Well, I am very excited because this is the first Big One interview that I am doing. We have got Big One out of his box. It's very excited to be here and I'm very pleased that I'm able to be joined by David. You know I you think David you should Dates? change
1: the name. <laughs>
0: a- so you're going to jump in for the first interview and tell me to change the name. <laughs> the Big One, yeah. <laughs> it's been named Big One since 2004. It's been engraved as well, so I guess, I you, know. can't, I guess you can't change it. Yeah. 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 There's a funny story with that, actually. Go on, then. So originally it was just big I'll one. for you. Tell, without us, the tell hyphen. us the story, So originally it was big one without the hyphen. And then when Mont Blanc offered to um, engrave it for us, they, they put the hyphen in does, <laughs> yeah.
1: did they, they probably said, what does bygone mean?
0: Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: they probably understand it. And <laughs> yeah, so so this series <laughs> is called Bygone. <laughs> bygone by <Kate>. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Someone was. Oh, who was telling me it was something to the hyphen. Um, they hyphen It was a doctor friend of mine was saying that their their colleague had to spell their name for their email address over the phone fo- over the phone as a junior doctor. Right. And their name's got a hyphen in it, so they said well, whatever it was, um, Hilia hyphen Rose. Okay. And <laughs> so it came out on the email, spelled out hyphen H Y P. Oh no. <laughs> I was wondering if that <laughs> says the same, is it? O-N-E-H-Y-P-H-E-N. Maybe. Uh, yeah.
0: Maybe, yeah. 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 <laughs> so it came back to us with a hyphen on it, and so the big one name ended up with a hyphen. That's good. i prefer yeah.
1: that, otherwise it would be bygone. Would it? Yeah. Would, it wouldn't yeah, be. Would. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> which isn't quite the message we are trying to give. Not quite. I also don't know which camera to look at, so... I probably shouldn't look at, yeah, yeah, I wherever, look, I look at any camera. Yeah. Whatever. Look at you in the big just one. Just
0: look at them in the eye, big right. one. The big camera. It's great. Yeah. Anyway, so how okay. do you want to introduce yourself to Dave?
1: To Dave. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't want to know. introduce yourself today, Dave. To Dave. 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 Hi, I'm Dave. Hi. Is it David Days? Yeah, you uh, yeah, yeah. can do it if you like. Yeah, 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 David yeah. my real name Days. is David Payne. My stage name is David Days.
0: Okay, David Payne. Yeah. I have the stage name David
1: Days so that I, when I was a teacher, I could, like, when I did crazy things like knocking myself out on stage oh. and going over global news, then people okay. didn't realise that I was supposed to be a responsible adult. I like it. And, and teaching people's yeah. kids, I could hide behind the name. Never really worked it but <laughs> it was me. But it's all good fun. And the name was totally random. I don't know why we thought of it. We, we put on a hit with his show in the New Forest and we just came up with the, the slogan, Once you've seen David Days, you'll be dazzled and dazed for days. Oh, and thought thought was quite clever, but we, we only ever used it once. But the name has stuck. So it just <laughs> for, stayed For, for there. 20 years. That's yeah. kind of
0: what happened to me yeah. when I started DJing. Really, like, so you're not Kayleigh Hillier? It's not. Surprisingly enough, really? wow! I,
1: I ended no up idea. with the name
0: DJ Bubblegum.
1: That's your real name, yeah. 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 You've had it. For so like, you changed it yeah. to Katie Hillier. It's
0: amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's your DJ That's name.
1: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> because DJ Bubblegum, whatever, was it's a DJ really Bubble unusual name to be yeah. born with. Mm. How did they know you were going to be a DJ?
0: It's magic. <laughs> yeah, it's I mad. started when I was twelve, so it all makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and it just stuck as the bubblegum <laughs> does. But yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you were like, be really teased at school and stuff. Yeah. yeah it must have been yeah. Yeah, yeah. low points
0: so how would you introduce yourself when people ask you what you do because you're quite the man of many talents yeah Dave. I suppose it
1: depends where I am and what I'm doing because yeah. um, I've never really known whether to put everything together and say I do all of this but it creates a very confusing marketing message
0: right
1: or just to say I'm this today I'm this today I'm this today so when booking someone, someone's like booking a magician for instance they probably want someone who's a magician yeah. not someone who's a magician and a producer and a pianist because it kind of I think in people's minds Dilutes that talent slightly And they think Well they're not going to be As good as someone Who's like a Like a full time magician Right Which is right I'm not (laughs) 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 but they don't need to know that so yeah if you know so my website and all that is kind of all kind of separated although i am kind of thinking of combining it a bit more probably didn't answer your question but if i'm at a magic show then i'm david days uh if i'm in the classroom i'm mr Payne. that's another another name people call me mr Payne. Payne. that took a lot of getting used to that was harder to get used to than my stage name really yeah Wow, yeah, because okay. people would say David Dates and i go, yeah, but someone in the class go, Mr. Payne, and I would ignore them because I didn't think they were talking to me. It's, it's more it, proper, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't it's imagine like, you being like proper
0: teacher mode. I know, then. it's like
1: I had to be responsible. I got my teacher face. Like the teacher <laughs> you face. have to act as a teacher, you know, like a child does something really, really funny. Like on the first residential trip we had, one of my children got his head stuck in the railings of Buckingham Palace. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. He put his head all the way through the railings. It went in all right. <laughs> Wouldn't come out. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. like right on the yeah yeah probably yeah so the, the like the horse guards were like right here like facing him. you know they're not allowed to laugh when they're on duty so <laughs> they have got this like ten year old kid with like really big ears and like a freckly face with his head stuck in the bars and the teachers trying to <laughs> pull <laughs> him backwards <laughs> and they're trying not to laugh because they'll get like thrown in some kind of military prison or something yeah. like that yeah we couldn't get him out like about fifteen minutes the teacher's kind of like lifting him up and down trying to find the place where the bars were walked where his head went in because it must be able to come out yeah. and in the end one of the other teachers had the brainwave to get all the children's sandwiches and we took the, the butter out of the children's oh sandwiches. No. <laughs> and we wiped it over the back of his ears really <laughs> yeah true story yeah that's awesome out. yeah i don't know why i told that story there was a question at the beginning of that which i've completely forgotten it was
0: well it's just who you are like you're a man with yeah. so many different things to your name yeah you know, but just let, to let the listeners name. kind of know <laughs> what you do. So yeah. you're a magician. Yes, and I'm a teacher who gets teacher. children's head stuck in railings and okay. backing yeah. pads. That's, that's, that's your sales point when you're a teacher. <laughs> <So> <laughs> yeah, that's how I got the job. Yeah. yeah. In fact,
1: when I went for my latest teaching job, well, not teaching anymore, I've left. You know, who would stay? Pr- but Pr- the, <laughs> teacher. Yeah, But my last teaching job were on the interview, the head teacher always Googles all of his candidates to see if anything. Oh, right, okay. And I'm the only person that anything has ever come up for in this <laughs> <period>. <laughs> Google my name, like, <laughs> loads of crazy loads stuff. kind of kinda, like, came up. Yeah, crime watch and all sorts, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. 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 Well, yeah. we might get into that later. <laughs> later. <But laughs> it's a very popular name as well, David Payne, actually. I've been in dentists Payne, Yeah, before. Payne's quite Yeah, but popular. David Payne. So, but, you know, often people, like, in a dentist, they go, David Payne, and, like, three of us will stand up. <laughs> <try>. yeah, it's, <laughs> it's happened. Dying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did a gig at uh, Blanford Army Camp, and they said they had about 30 people with my name on site. I don't know if they're exaggerating, but it's a really popular name. I had no idea. So I changed it to David Day's. There you go. Which is even more used and more popular. Is it? So I changed it again to Hugh Janus. There you go. So So I've settled on that one. I like that one. those three names you should be (laughs) able to find Dave somewhere.
0: (laughs) So you're a magician. Yes. Pianist. Yes. Teacher. Yeah. Music producer. Yeah. Hypnotist. Yes. Have I missed anything?
1: County Chess Champion really yeah oh there you go there's yeah. another one national swimmer
0: great yeah i mean the list goes on
1: yeah there's a bit more i'm so, oh, yeah. probably a music manager of some kind manager. i don't know i oh, yeah, just do stuff just do yeah, just stuff just that takes your fancy yeah yeah, yeah yeah it just keeps me interested really okay. yeah so it just phantom pianist oh it's kind of pianist, related to pianist yeah. but guitarist backing track maker i play nice. the cd player do you? I do. Is it good? It's not a bad CD player. Quite I mean, the left talent. speaker's gone, but yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. About took years. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> so let's take it like right back
1: then. Okay. Like kind of... Young Dave. 13.5 billion years ago or whatever.
0: I don't know how old you are. <laughs> I'm not going to ask that question, but... <laughs> young Dave. Yeah. What did he want to be when he grew up?
1: That's a good question. Yeah. Um, I've always loved music and performing, I think, and magic, as long as I can remember but my parents were very kind of traditional uh, my mm-hmm. dad was a policeman my mum was a nurse and I don't think they were particularly ambitious at that stage they are now once that now they can see what myself and my family could do because my family are entertainers as well right. and, and they've been very successful too um they're more behind us now than they ever were and they were never not behind us they always encourage us to do what we like to do but they never really thought that it was a, a proper career
0: yeah I think yeah I think me, you know especially our yeah. More arty sort of careers or jobs Yeah They are quite difficult to get into They are And they're not necessarily like a very obvious track to do it No So it's not something that you kind of You know, I, I think I have the same problem when I was growing up And it's kind of I had the, my parents' support But it was also like Are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> yeah, Because that's right. this is difficult, you know That's right
1: Well, I think they grew up in a generation Like they were, they were post-war And, you know, they were about survival And putting food on the table Yeah but the world has changed a lot since then and I kind of lot, I've learned a lot from my brother and my nephew who have always been full on in the music industry and it's just what they've always wanted to do and they've always just done that and they've been very successful at it mm. and it only took me 46 years to realise that you get better at what you do the okay. more you do something the better you get at it so if you want to be a music producer then start being a music producer Yeah, you know, you might not earn a massive amount to start with but after a while people will come to you to get their music produced you know, if you're a teacher or you, you know, or you work in Tesco's or something, people are going to come to you to kind of buy turkey. Not if you're a teacher. That's true. <laughs> they probably wouldn't yeah. come to you yeah. to <laughs> buy turkey. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and I kind of really learned that. And also, how much money do you really need? If you, My philosophy now is if you can survive on doing what you love, then, then why not do that? Yeah. What's the point in earning 40 or 50,000 a year or more if you're never around to spend it? And that was a problem with teaching. As much as I loved it, and you know, I I did very well at it. I was a very How successful long teacher. Did
0: you were you a teacher for about that long? Really? <laughs> yeah, a bit long. longer than that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <More like> that. <laughs> Twenty years. Twenty years. Yeah, and I, I was I was a really successful teacher. You know, mm-hmm. I I always used to get outstanding in all of the Ofsted inspections and like any observations I had and things. And the pupils my class always used to make a lot more progress than most pupils in most other people's classes. You know, yeah. so I was, I was I was pretty good at what I did. But it was seventy hours a week. Yeah. And and I worked out my minimum wage because people think teachers have holidays and no, that they don't. They don't like we don't have weekends. We work on Saturdays. We work on Sundays. So when you're working out how much holiday a teacher has, you can eliminate those 104 days from the year that everyone else gets. Yeah. Because we work on those days and we work in the holidays as well. You know we have to prepare stuff when the children go home. So I I remember working for a couple of years over the past few years where I only had three days off, three days in the entire really? year. where I didn't do anything to do with teaching, and most days I was working between. Eight and fourteen hours a day. Anyway, I worked out my minimum wage. Okay. <laughs> it was like six pounds an hour or something. Oh wow! It was lower than the minimum. My hourly rate was yeah. like lower than someone who works in McDonald's or something. And
0: that's just because of all the stuff you had to do outside of yeah. being in the classroom. That's that's
1: right. I mean, the salary wasn't bad. You know, yeah. it was like uh, I was the top uh, grade for a teacher. It was like forty thousand a year, but I was working all the time, and I never had chance to do any of the things that I wanted to do. And I remember about a year ago, I just had a sleepless night and I thought, what What am I doing? I've got all these things that I could do. I'm only going to live once. Yeah. My my niece had just died of a brain tumor. And I'm thinking, you know, it, I, I could be dead next year. You know, what am I waiting for? Yeah. So I sat down. This is like four o'clock in the morning. I was supposed to be teaching the following day. And I thought, oh, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> never mind. And I just wrote down all the things that I could do instead. I'm just going to do that. Cause it worked out like I'd be earning once I built things up and was earning the money that I knew I could earn at that. I'd be on more than I was as a teacher for like half the hours. Yeah, and and, and it was something just a that you really enjoy. Yeah, exactly.
0: Not that you didn't enjoy teaching, but no. yeah.
1: So so that that was it, and I've loved it. I've had the best year of my life. Forty six. Really. And I've had the best year I've ever had. Yeah.
0: That's really really interesting. Yeah. So when did it all start for you then? When because obviously young Dave. Mm kind of started to get yeah <laughs> tried to start to get into some of these things what was the first one yeah you kind well of there's so many to? there's
1: so many different things yeah um, the earliest one I remember is my parents worked shift work so they always used to leave us kids to it and I had an older brother and sister so they always kind of led the way mm-hmm. and we just used to have to entertain ourselves and of course we never had computer games or anything back then so the only way to entertain ourselves was just to create our own games and adventures and and we used to like write songs and write plays and perform them to each other and perform them to our cousins oh, and things that came cool. around. Yeah, and it's that's carried on through even now. Our family's always had a massive party atmosphere and it kinda goes back to learning how to entertain ourselves as kids. Uh, my brother got into magic um, when I was about he was six years older than me. I was probably about right. six. He was about twelve, got into magic and he used to buy these like Paul Daniels magic tricks and show them to me and I was amazed. So that's what got me into magic in the early days. That got me interested that's in like that. that's
0: like a typical younger sibling, copying what yes. your older sibling does yeah. and then becoming better. at It's
1: <laughs> So good job I didn't copy everything that he does, <laughs> particularly driving his car into a forest. <laughs> yeah, maybe <but no. laughs> yeah. like Going to a, a bend and going straight on. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't do that, Matthew. I copied yeah. the other things that he did, but I didn't do that. Yeah. So that's
0: how you kind of got into magic.
1: Yeah, and that was kind of the early days, but the tricks were rubbish so I didn't get very far with that and then when I was 14 I stayed around a friend's house and his dad just happened to know a few sleight of hand card tricks because he was a card player and read a few card playing books he wasn't a magician but he showed me this sleight of hand trick where I chose a card and he put it on the table I put my hand on the card and then the card changed into another card and until that point I thought that could only be done with the camera trick I had no idea you could do the stuff like David Blaine does on tv in real life <laughs> and you can. And my world opened up at that point. It's like, ah! Yeah, I know what I'm going to do now. Yeah. So I kind of like dedicated all my time t- as a kid to kind of learning that and get it. So that's where the magic started for me.
0: Right. Okay. At
1: about the same age, my mum took me to see Hugh Lennon, who was a hypnotist at the Pavilion, and my brother was on stage and he got hypnotized and he became Daphne the ballerina. And again, <laughs> that was one of the most hilarious things I'd ever seen. And, and to me, that's like, that's unbelievable because all the stuff I'd done up to then was like a trick. Yeah. This clearly wasn't a trick but it was incredibly mysterious. And so I, I thought, right, I, I want to do that now. So for a lot of my um, early kind of, well, for my teenage life, I wanted to be a, like a professional hypnotist. And I pursued right. that for a very, very long time. There's a whole story there and how that <laughs> kind of ended and things, um, which we might get onto, but that's not the question <laughs> we're answering at the moment. Um, but that's where I kind of got the initial spark for my hypnotist. I suppose there's key points throughout my entire life where something has happened. Just a moment. Yeah. Maybe it was, it was a minute. Of something that transformed my entire future and made me kind of know what I wanted to do and got me excited and motivated about what I wanted to do the music um Matthew my brother was the musical genius really he's always played I've always been surrounded by it for as long as I can remember because he's played the piano since he was six since I was born so I've never really considered life without music yeah you know and so when I was about 14 years old and, and my parents made me go to piano lessons which I hated at first because I used to go to this old witch called uh, Mrs. Jones, and she was very terrifying and would try <laughs> and hit your hands with a ruler and stuff like that if you did it wrong. Eventually, at age 14, they found me a really brilliant piano teacher called Lynn Mullins, who does lots of stuff with Wow and Weymouth Operatic in in the town. And I, I related to her really well, so I stuck at it because I liked my teacher. Yeah. Not because I particularly liked playing the piano, interestingly, but I just liked my teacher. And I did that for three or four years, got to grade four, and then my brother said, oh, why don't you play it like this? And he suddenly... And it was it was literally five minutes he said it all fits together like this these chords go like this this goes with this you do that <laughs> do that learn this arpeggio and you'll be able to play by ear oh wow so and I go all right and I did it and I learned literally I had no lessons to play by ear my brother showed me in five minutes yeah what to do that's amazing and I wrote it out obviously from then it was years of practice to develop the level of dexterity that's required yeah but that's when it all kind of all clicked into place so my brother has a lot to answer for Probably the reason I'm a magician and a musician and following all these things and following a career as an entertainer is because of him.
0: That's really interesting, mm. especially sort of how you you mentioned that there was like kind of like t- key points where you saw either something was introduced in your life and you kind of latched onto it, yeah, or that you learned something, you know, if you hadn't had those moments where you were introduced or you got to try something out or experience something, then you probably wouldn't have got into any of those That's fields.
1: Right. That's right.
0: That's crazy. And to
1: me, that kind of lifestyle is normal. So we've got a crazy family that entertain people all the time. But it yeah. took me a long time to realise that not all families are like that.
0: Oh, right, okay. You know,
1: and of course of course not, because not everyone's exposed to that. No, that's true. People are exposed to different things. They're good at other things because they're exposed to, you know, ma- maybe someone is good in business because they've grown up with people that know how to run a business. Yeah. You know, or someone becomes a doctor because their parents are very well educated. Um, you know, breaking out, breaking out of the mould... Is actually quite difficult because people don't realise what's possible. Yeah. I'm, f- I'm fully of the mindset that anybody of reasonable intelligence can achieve pretty much anything to put the mind to it if they put in the hard work to do it. Problem is, at a young age, people don't really realise whether they can or even what they want to do. Uh, choosing options is a little bit like choosing a menu yeah, uh, a that's restaurant, true. Isn't it? You get 16 years of old, you get presented with this menu of life choices yeah. and you go, uh, <laughs> I'll have that one. And I chose my first career in mechanical engineering probably as like that. That's what as you c- chose
0: at school, yeah, mechanical engineering. Yeah,
1: I chose that as quickly as I might have chosen, um, you know, prawn cocktail.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and it sets off a whole course of your life, <laughs> which I've slowly clawed back to the direction that i wanted it to go in see my parents wanted me to join the royal navy which is very hilarious used to send me off on navy trips and (laughs) things yeah Yeah, i've even been winched between two royal navy ships in part of a navy drill when i was like 14 years old they winched me from hms boxer across to the royal yacht gave me gin and tonic age 14 (laughs) (laughs) i staggered around the deck thinking the stabilizers and the ship were broken and they winched me back again yeah so i had an interesting experience but they kind of thought well you know, do well at school, do well at maths and physics, you'll be okay. So I did well at maths and physics. And of course, yeah. because I was good at maths and physics, I then... Engineering is the obvious option because that's what I was good at, you know. They they discouraged me from doing options like music and drama and all the things I loved because they didn't feel that it would be a good job. So by the time I got to 18, I hadn't really developed my skills. Yeah. You know, I, think I developed other skills.
0: I think there's also like... Um, I think it's quite overwhelming, especially when you're younger as well. At like 16, picking your options, or 18 when you have to like choose if you go into uni or something. That that's like the be all and end all of what your life's gonna be like. That's right. And it's not no. like you you know Thank what goodness. I'm doing now is nothing like I thought I was gonna be when I was 16. That's right. Just wasn't gonna work out that way. And right. and I think even now, like and and you found it, you know, what you're like 46. You said yeah. Yeah. You can change yeah. at any age. You could just start doing something different. And that's as right. long as you've got the drive to put the work in, I think that's, that's, right. that's very key. And, and like you said, learning it and keep applying it. You know, yeah. a lot of things that I've learned, you know, you don't just pick it up. I, I'm one of those people, I, I don't get it easy. I don't just pick it up and then it's like all there. I have to put a lot of work in to actually get somewhere.
1: That's right. I'm the same. Yeah. But people don't see that. You know, people just see the talent yeah and it's amazing you're so talented on the piano and actually it'd be more appropriate to say that's really good you've worked really hard to be able to do that
0: yeah that's very true and i think i think also when you look at people who have made quite a leap in you know or they've been recognized for doing something they you don't actually realize the amount of hard work that's got how many hours have they put in or years have they put in to suddenly be a breaking out artist or something like that that's right yeah.
1: Yeah. You look at like artists that are successful, and you look at the story behind that. It's ten years of hard work. Um, I went to BBC introducing a few weeks ago and saw the lecture from Sam Sam, Sam Fender's team. He's just yeah. had a number one album, and how that came together. And that was ten years, well, a bit less, but eight years from discovering him in a bar to getting him to number one. Yeah. You know, eight and or, years. And for for like six years of that, they were just sending him around the country doing rubbish gigs mm. deliberately keeping him away from London so he could just get better at what he did so when the time came and he suddenly wrote a song that they thought was good enough for the radio they then and he'd, he'd been building up like his yeah. repertoire and his confidence and all of that he was then ready and again like uh, an overnight success
0: yeah it gives me a little bit of sort of like you know you can you can do this like yeah. you just got to keep working at it no. <laughs>
1: and I've really developed a growth mindset lately as well as a teacher so um you know not looking things at black and white not you're either good at something you're not but whatever stage you're at yeah you just you just get better at what you do and i've stopped i've got long-term goals and i know what i meant where i'm aiming for but i've stopped kind of focusing on them quite so much i know they're there but at the moment i'm just developing myself i'm just get better just each day i'm gradually getting better at what i do and the opportunities just present themselves you need the goal because you know you need to know the direction that you're going in. you need to know the opportunities to look for you know if you you don't know that you want to have a number one hit record for instance then you're not going to look out for opportunities where you might meet people that will help you go off in that direction you kind of need that there but in terms of achieving that goal it just starts with the small things that you do every day get a little bit better at production get a little bit better at playing the piano you know get a little Mm. bit better at developing your artists and it's just small, small steps.
0: Yeah, and I think I think also sometimes it can feel a little bit overwhelming when you set a goal and maybe you're nowhere near it mm. or you feel like you've been working really hard but it's not going how you thought it was going to go or anything mm. like that. Or, or you're looking at it and you think, this is still years in the making. Mm. Um, and you forget sometimes to enjoy the moment or That's enjoy right. the ride that you're on now because, right. you know otherwise you're just going to be miserable the whole time you do it yes and i think i think also like do you really get the joy out of achieving the goal or is it the whole process exactly
1: yeah it's the journey it's all about the journey because now is the only time that you have yeah and when you i mean I've, i've reached all sorts of different goals and look back in my life and you know it's it is the journey that's the fun part when you get to that goal yeah it's like well what's next you never really—it's never quite what you think it's going to be when you achieve that goal. It's like, yeah! yeah, we've suddenly done it. It's not like winning the lottery because it doesn't happen that quick. It's inevitable; it's going to happen because you know you've been working towards it for all those years and years and years. And then finally, when it happens, it's just a small step. Mm. At that point, it's no bigger jump than me practicing a different tune on the piano tomorrow. You know, yeah. it, it, it's not like winning the lottery, like I say. And so, yeah, you need to enjoy the, the journey. And and now is all now's all you've got. And that's the bit you'll look back on and think, oh, those those were the good times. Mm. So I'm kind of enjoying that now. My motto, which I'm going to write in the book later. Don't
0: tell them. Okay. Don't tell them, yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> got to be in the book. But it's to do with that. <laughs> with the big one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with the big little one. So you said that when you left school, you were going to focus on mechanical engineering?
1: Yeah, my parents told me to join the Navy and therefore okay. mechanical engineering would be a good degree. And I was good at maths and physics because my parents told me to be good at maths and physics. So, so that was like... <laughs> yeah, I don't regret that because it's it's made me well-educated. And so as I've come into the music industry, I have very two strong sides to my personality. I have the artistic and creative side. Yeah. And I also have the scientific and tech side. So I can I can create, you know, I have the vision to create anything I want to create, but I also have the technical skill to make it happen. Right, yeah. Whereas I see a lot of artists only have one or the other. Yeah. You know, so I do feel very lucky in that regard. And I probably wouldn't have that if I didn't have the maths and engineering background. It just seemed a very slow track to get to where I am today. If I had my time again and I had an advisor like talking over my shoulder, yeah. it would be pursue your dreams from the start. Do what you want to do because that's what you're going to get good at. And the pupils that I have taught in the end that are now in the West End or have a record deal. Yeah. Are the ones that be very single minded about it right from a very yeah. early age. So it's it's the ones that kind of um, think, um, you know, I'm like Chris, my nephew. He's just played the guitar and written songs from the age of like five. I've got a picture yeah. of him and me teaching him his first course. Oh, really? Guitar, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he has a record deal now. And he has like five, half a million streams on Spotify, you know, uh, and no wonder he has because that's all he's ever done. But he's and put
0: the time and the work yeah, in to get there. That's so there's right. not been a, a gap in, in that. that
1: that's, that's right. Yeah. I mean, he didn't. He wasn't particularly qualified when he came out of his, from school with GCCs. So he wouldn't be able to do much else, but he doesn't need to do anything else because who do people go to? to hire as a session musician or to write their songs or yeah. to great way it, it, it's him same with the, the children that i taught that are now in the west end I've, there's two of mike's pupils are now in joseph and teleco dream really two of them i used to manage in the student band called beat it they're now in the west end and another one who um i helped get into theater from doing school shows and that kind of thing and, yeah. and he was in my boy band for a little while as well when we were doing like touring shows um he's in the west end and they were very single-minded about it. You know, they, they put all of their effort into learning how to sing and dance and play to the best of their ability. Yeah. And because they did that and just that, when it came to applying to music colleges, they were the, the first pick. So they got into the best music colleges in London. Yeah. And then they graduated from the best music colleges in London. And when they graduate from the best music colleges in London, they've got all the contacts to get you all the auditions that you need to get you the parts to get on stage. You know, it's not it's it's not like all plain sailing it's not really easy they're only on about 300 pounds a week you know and i think even when you're one at a western star you're on a thousand quid a week so no more than none you would be as a teacher but they are doing what they love yeah they're doing something that they enjoy so my so my main advice for anyone getting into performing if they really want to do it yeah is just focus on that would you don't have a backup plan don't have Don't have a backup plan because if you don't have to you never will
0: that's true,
1: yeah. If you have a backup plan, you'll use it, mm-hmm. and that's kind of how I've been for the first forty-six years. I have less of a backup plan now, and I'm much yeah. more. I'm going. Okay, we've gone further in this year in my entertainment career than I have in twenty years. Really, with a backup plan. Yeah, that's
0: really interesting. Hundred percent,
1: and because you use your backup plan, you know, I, you know, I, I taught and tried to entertain at the same time, and I just didn't have time to do both. And it was the entertainment side that kind of suffered. Yeah. I've nearly made it all the way on several occasions and fallen at the last hurdle. And it's mainly because I've never really dedicated everything I had to it because I always had something else going on at the time.
0: Do you think that that's partly because you have a safety net? Yeah. And then also, because I find working and trying to do creative things at the same time, your kind of mind is split half yes. the time, so it's very difficult to kind of delegate your time. Where well, you get home yeah. from work and you're yeah. exhausted, yeah. and then you don't feel like you're giving a hundred percent to That's what right. you really want to do.
1: You're dedicating half your time to it. Is the problem, or mm-hmm. or less? Yeah. You know, if you if if you uh, are wanting, say, to hire a singer for your show, yeah, are you going to hire the person who's been singing for three hundred and sixty-five days a year, or the person who's been singing for fifty days a year? you know it you go for the person that's done the most and will right. be the most trained you know that's really interesting but, like if you're going if you're going to have an operation in a hospital yeah you're going to get it done by the person that's had 10 years of medical experience <laughs> aren't you that's a trained <laughs> Probably, surgeon <yeah. laughs> you're not going to go to charlie down the pub who's done it a bit at the weekends yeah and the entertainment industry is no different to that if you want to be the best of the best you mm-hmm. you've got to put more hours in than everybody else same with football the same with anything yeah put the hours in and even then you might not make it but when it comes to the music industry um does that matter do you have to make it all the way because as a gigging musician if you're fairly good you can get between 150 quid and 250 quid a gig right and you can tend to get gigs on Fridays and Saturday nights if you're good you tend to get booked up pretty fast so you're earning 300 quid a week anyway with a, a few hours work yeah essentially with the rest of the time off to work on your talent and get better at what you do plus if you go busking like i do with a hood on my head and playing the <laughs> piano you can earn as much as 200 quid a day sometimes it's less sometimes it's more yeah but even a struggling musician as long as they're not lazy and that's another problem a lot of musicians struggle not because the money's rubbish but because they're lazy and they they yeah, just do the art, art side, they don't do the business side. Yeah. that's right exactly so if you get out of the bed in the morning and go busking you know instead of lazing around you're going to be on the same wage as someone who has a boring office job, even if you don't make it.
0: Yeah, I think that's, that comes down to kind of what your definition of success is. Yeah,
1: yeah. But if your s- definition of success is money and related to money, um, let's put a figure on that. You could earn, your average musician could earn, say, 200 quid a week busking and two or 300 quid a week from gigs. Uh, the average musician should be able to earn 500 quid a week mm-hmm. if, they're, if they're motivated enough to get there their stuff together and get the business side sorted out yeah yeah? so 500 quid a week is 2,000 pounds a month which is 24,000 a year
0: which is pretty good it's it's a pretty good salary yeah
1: exactly you're never going to be massively rich but you're doing what you love and you're not poor you're not you're not going to be kicked out on the streets like lots of people fear that you would yeah if it goes better than that you could make millions
0: that's the risk you take and you know either way you doing something that you enjoy and I think that's the main thing is I think I often kind of check myself and think I'm spending most of my time over here doing this job what does it actually mean to me like Mm. do I enjoy it is it Mm. is it fulfilling Mm. and then you kind of end up asking yourself you know but if I have to spend so much time of my life doing this shouldn't it be either something you enjoy or something (laughs) that's actually fulfilling in a sense i don't know if that's selfish or or whatever but that's kind of you know you just kind of think you only get to do this life once yes exactly you want to enjoy the ride to exactly
1: you almost stole my line for the book but not quite oh it's like that (laughs) (laughs) but it's a little bit cleverer it's It's clever you're gonna like it
0: i like it i
1: like it (laughs) but it's very much to do that That's yeah that's my philosophy you get a lot I find you get a lot of pressure from other people though so that that's the really tough thing to deal with is because life is also about relationships yeah it's about having a family it's about having a wife it's about having friends and having time for them and they don't always go hand in hand
0: no I, and I think I think you do need a strong backbone especially mm. if you're choosing to do something on your own and, yes. and deciding that this is what I'm going to do especially like an arty subject or something, or even like if you want to be an entrepreneur, you know, you are, it's quite singular as well. It's yeah. not like you work in a company where you're surrounded by people and you can get, it's you right. know, feedback. And so you kind of have to find a network, you have to find people, but then you're also surrounded by people who you might be like, are you okay? Mm, can you exactly, do this, you know? Exactly. And so it's, it's very much a singular road and you've almost got to be strong enough yes. to to be able to keep to that.
1: Yes, surrounding yourself by the right people is so important. Yeah. Because um you know if you're told your whole life you can't do that, you can't do that. You 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 will limit yourself without meaning to. Yeah. You will have negative thoughts, negative self-talk and you will never step out whereas if everyone's always telling you oh, that's really good, you can do that, you can do that. Um then it makes much more difference to your motivation you know i'm very lucky i have a life partner who is very supportive and lets me do what i want to do yeah um she isn't necessarily she doesn't have like the musical gene i would say she's she's musical but she doesn't love it like i do it's not the be all and end all you know if if she could choose she would probably say well why don't you just go and be a teacher because <laughs> yeah. it's a lot easier <laughs> but she understands me she lets me do what i do and i let her do what, what she does yeah and, and it works very well and she's hugely supportive and helps me with all the shows and everything that i do um but it that can really make a difference. You're right that you, either, you are th- at the very least need someone who is willing to let you do what you want to do, I or think, will support you doing that.
0: Yeah, especially like because I know for like people that I've spoken to and for myself, finances are a worrying thing. Mm. And it's um, you know when people sort of say, "Hey, like go out and just do what you love," it's great. Mm. But then you're also like, "I also need to afford to live." Mm. Like, right. <laughs> and and I think you know especially if you're married or you've got other responsibilities as well that is also in the back of your mind yes that's right so having somebody you know especially if you're married to them or it's a life partner or anything like that that supports you in that Mm. being able to move forward because it's a little bit of a gamble Mm. in a sense can you afford to keep your lifestyle or have those changes happen yeah um, and keep moving forward
1: it's interesting that isn't it because i I i've often thought that it's a bit of a gamble um when i left teaching i kind of thought you know is this a gamble but then I think of the state that teaching's in these days. <laughs> it's not going to be hard yeah. to go back into teaching if, right. ever, if ever it goes pear-shaped. Mm-hmm. I'm never going back. <laughs>
0: right here, he <you> said <laughs> it. <okay>. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: but there's always there's always that option. Yeah. I suppose, but that's because I have a fallback plan. But also, the reason I have a fallback plan is probably one of the other reasons why I have never made it all of the way.
0: Would yet. you say though that um, obviously you have you have the qualifications to be able to be a teacher? Mm. Um. Obviously, and and you've kind of got to the position where you've you've kind of stopped teaching. You've gone off on this route mm. to do what you love, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um. So would you say that it's easier because you've got the finances and the support behind you to do that? Because if you were eighteen mm. doing it, mm. you might yeah, not have been able to do um, that.
1: No, it's it's much easier for me now. Mm-hmm. But then in this game, age isn't on your side. Yeah. So if I know now what I knew then, I would have done things a lot differently and I just would have gone for it. Right. Because okay. at 18, 20 years old, I could have been promoting myself. I know how to promote people now and I know how to like create music, yeah. create music videos, but I'm promoting other artists because I'm past it. Mm-hmm. If I'd realized and trained early enough to make myself a better performer, particularly a better singer, yeah. I could have gone a lot further That's really in, interesting in the, in the music industry. And I don't think it is about the money. Obviously, you need enough to live on, but you just need to work out what do you really need. Like my good friend, Fraser, um, Fraser Mitchell, he's, yeah. he's a producer. We, we often have these conversations late at night. <laughs> and, um, he, you know, he's, he last year was saying, well, I can't, you know, I want to be a music producer, but I don't have any money. I need to get a job. I need to work in Tesco's. You know, what do I do? And I said, just don't, don't do it. Stay as a music producer. Otherwise, you'll only get better at selling turkey. Right. And he did. And he's now starting to become one of the more established music producers um, in Weymouth. And he's still not super rich, but he's making a, enough. He's, and he's surviving. And he's only going to get better. And he's mm. making more and more money and getting more money for gigs the better he gets. So he's surviving at the moment. He's going to be better than surviving in a year or two. And in, in three or four years' time, he's going to be the go-to producer to go to locally. Yeah. Another friend of mine, Martin Reese, taught him magic from the age of 14. He decided he was going to go to London. Just throw it all in and just go for it. Yeah. Um. And it wasn't going very well for him initially because London's really expensive and he was about to throw the towel in and come home. He actually had a job as an estate agent as well. Oh, interesting. And trying to do close-up magic. So he was making contacts there. Initially, first year, job as a estate agent, taking up too much time, doing a few gigs. Yeah. Decided to go part-time as a estate agent, give himself a bit more time to build up a few more gigs. Got to crunch time. He didn't have quite enough money to stay. I shall might. I come home or shall I not? He even had his bags packed. Really? Yeah. And I said, just, just don't. Just stay. Do whatever it takes. You know, even if you have to eat bread for a month, just stay. Mm -hmm. And he stayed as a professional magician, putting all his time and effort into magic. And now he's broken five world records. He's Yuri Geller's chief advisor. we were sitting here (laughs) working on his latest show and Yuri Geller phoned him up. Really? Yeah, it was it was it was crazy. crazy. Yeah, he's um, been on television. He broke a world record on Blue Peter a couple of weeks ago. Um, He earns more now doing magic than I ever did as a teacher. He's on about 40000 a year. Uh, And it's just growing because he did Ian McKinnon's birthday party. You know, he might not have done any of that if he gave up and came home. And he might not have done any of that if he stayed as an estate agent. It's the people that are brave enough to take that step and just say, you know what, I'm going to do it. Again, he's lucky. He's a bachelor. He doesn't have any dependables, so Mm -hmm. he can do that. If it goes pear-shaped, it's only himself. That he that he has to worry yeah. but my advice to anybody would be before you kind of set yourself up with a family and long-term commitments if you're really passionate about your career get that sorted first focus on what you want to do throw everything into it yeah because later on it's harder to change direction i'm lucky in the sense that um you know fiona she's an engineer she's she has a good wage as a teacher i had a good wage we don't have any kids is great (laughs) because you know therefore we don't have any responsibilities we haven't had to pay a lot for kids because kids are expensive to bring up so just through professional salaries we're now very comfortable we don't have a mortgage we've got loads of savings in the bank so it's not a risk for me at all to do that now at the age of 46 but how many years of my life have I wasted not doing what I really loved
0: that's really interesting And you can't
1: replace time
0: yeah especially when you you sort of use the example of people who you know have really worked at it from being quite young and you're like you said it's not easy but they've made it yeah and they're they're making a living on doing something they love Mm. and then from your position a few years later down the line and still making that decision to do something that you love but realizing you know what i could have been doing this earlier but i'm doing it now that's right so did you go to uni
1: yeah so i did mechanical engineering at university okay yeah. And like, then
0: did you actually go into mechanical engineering yeah. after that? Yeah, I
1: used to design steam turbines and power stations. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Then I was a helicopter designer for a little while, which sounds really cool and interesting, but it's, just imagine your worst math person there. <laughs> yeah. And then doing that for eight hours a day. Every day. Every day. <laughs> That's what engineering's like. So it just wasn't for me because I'm more of a people so person. So
0: what made you decide to leave? Did you go into teaching after I that? I think I'd always
1: wanted to be a teacher. I remember being a kid. I always remember these situations where... I remember joining Waymo's swim Club, for instance, and I would join a new group of children that were playing, and there would always be people in that group that would make you feel left out. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There'd always be that people, for whatever reason, don't want you in their group and that. And, uh, and I always decided from an early age, because that happened to me a couple of times, that I was never, ever going to make anyone else feel like that. Right. I was always the person when a new kid came along to like include them in the group and make them feel wanted, make them feel included. And through that, I guess I kind of liked, I started to enjoy kind of teaching people and showing people things. So even as a kid... I always enjoyed showing people and making them feel good and positive and the fact that they could achieve and join in with things. Yeah. So I think I've always had that passion there about teaching. So that really if I was going to choose a career, that's what I should have done. I should have like just missed out engineering altogether and just gone for teaching because that's kind of what I was born to that's do. That's interesting. It's just the government choose treat teachers <laughs> like rubbish. <laughs> and so it's just yeah, yeah I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. What,
0: what level did you teach at was it primary school yeah primary school okay yeah why primary school
1: because you can teach all of the subjects so okay. i'm not just like a mathematician because i've got the music and the sport and all the other things i love to do it gave me at least had a job where i could kind of use all of those skills so yeah.
0: you had like a little bit of the music and some yeah. artsy stuff and then obviously your sciences are yeah. in there and things as well yeah so, so it, it was an interesting career it was
1: never boring never boring yeah it just was too time consuming and stopped you from achieving your own personal goals how long but did you do anymore. that
0: for? That was like a good Twenty years. Twenty years nearly.
1: teaching. Yeah. Wow. Without yeah. any sleep, it's just like <laughs> just one totally all the way through. Twenty year long math <laughs> lesson, poor kids. <laughs> Came out at the end with long beards and stuff. yeah. But yeah so what was it.
0: it then that was like Um, I wanna do this, I wanna stop doing teaching?
1: Um it's always been there, I think. I've always I've been into performing since I was an engineer. In fact, since I was at university, so I just never really realised that I could, you know. And I also had no indicator as to how good I was, right? You know, i I didn't think I was that good, um. You know, I, I'm probably still not, <laughs> 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 but um, I've got a better idea now of what good is compared to other entertainers. Yeah. You know,
0: were you doing it alongside the teaching, like doing gigs, mm, and, trying, and also, yeah.
1: Yeah, okay. but it was just, it, it was too much. I mean, I nearly had a career on television while I was teaching as well at the same oh, time. Really? I had two things going. Yeah, I was I was, I was um, approached by MTV, had an interview in the MTV head offices to do a hypnotist show in America. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. It, it, and, <laughs> yeah. And, that, and that nearly happened. Mm. It just fell apart at the last minute because the production company didn't have the finances to create the program they wanted to create. So at no that, point that was you it. were
0: like, you know what? I must have been good enough for them to think that they could use me in this program, Mm. even though it didn't work out. Mm. But yeah, like sometimes your confidence is like, but really am I this good? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But also with hypnotism, um, I never, it wasn't, it never turned out to be what I expected it to be. Oh, we, yeah the, the whole hypothesis conversation is really interesting I don't know how <laughs> long you've got but this is really fascinating okay uh, so hold on hold on everybody yeah <laughs> uh, hours later <coughs> so yeah my mum took me to see um Hugh Lennon away with Pavilion and it's like oh this is amazing you said a few magic words and yeah. suddenly everyone will do whatever everybody wants you know you click his fingers and they fall asleep and all that kind of stuff back then they never really had the internet you know, or personal computers, so anything you had to learn, you had to find in books and libraries. And there just wasn't any information at all about hypnosis. I just couldn't find anything. Yeah. I really wanted to do it. I couldn't find anything about it. And then Paul McKenna's show came out on TV. And then he wrote a book about hypnotism. And it's like,
0: yeah Oh, right. So it was like perfectly yeah, timed for yeah. you then.
1: And I was at university at this point, um, and studying mechanical engineering. And so I read his book, and it didn't really teach you how it was done, but it gave away enough hints to start practicing so I've, i read his book and i read a book on hypnotherapy and i joined the dots together and thought uh, that's how it's done but you, it's not something you can really do just by reading it in a book it's a it, it requires a lot of skill to hypnotize somebody. Yeah. Uh, you, you, it's a whole it's simple in principle but what you're doing is bringing together a whole load of skills communication skills effectively mm-hmm. and and influential skills into one place and making it happen but it's not like a magic switch and it's not like the occult and it's not like a scary thing that many people are brought up to be. Yeah, I know, I I know people a lot of, have a lot of A lot of religions don't, don't like it, it and that as well. And I know it's in, in, in I think there's it's references to it in religious texts and that, that, you know, it's it's evil and the devil and not. But now I know about it and what it is and how it works. It's not that at all. Yeah. In fact, it's not even a thing. It's it's just the power of suggestion. So humans are very suggestible beings. We have to rely upon people we trust to survive if your parents say, don't stick your head in that fire when you're two years old, <laughs> yeah. if you didn't trust them, you wouldn't last very long. So it's built into our DNA and genetics to, to trust people. Yeah. And that has an impact on our suggestibility as, as we grow up. We're influenced by people without even realizing it. You know, we're, we behave the way we behave because we're influenced by the people that brought us up to behave that way, for example. Yeah. We wear the clothes that we wear to fit in with our peer groups, for example. And lots of people like to think, oh, we are, I'm, not, I'm not influenced, I'm not suggestible. But when you look at things deep down and what's really going on, we all are. Even me, as a skilled hypnotist, a highly suggestible person. And so all hypnosis is, is um, making the most of people's suggestibility. Okay. Uh, And some people are more susceptible to suggestion than others because of the way they've been brought up. Some people are brought up to be a lot more on guard, a lot more skeptical. Other people are brought up to be more relaxed and more trusting. Yeah. And so hypnosis is... It's not, you don't like say these magic words and then somebody falls asleep and then they <laughs> suddenly do whatever you tell them to do. Yeah, they're, They just look like they're asleep. But the reason they close their eyes is because you told them to do that as a hypnotist. You told them when I click my fingers you're going right, to fall asleep. Okay. They're not really asleep. They're just like acting like they're asleep, so to speak. And when you're saying, you know, your feet are stuck to the floor, um, they they know their feet aren't stuck to the floor, but they can't bring themselves... To move them to because them. the person in position of authority has said that they can't do it. Right. Okay. And again, people experience that to different degrees. Some people just play along, so they don't look like an idiot. Other people generally can't move their feet because a person in authority has told them, a bit like the Milgram experiment, electrocuting people. Yeah. The, yeah. That, that kind of <laughs> stuff. It's all kind. Of, it's all interconnected. It's all. It's all related. Um. To those things. So anyway. Hypnosis is a lot more difficult than you think it's going to be. When you go into hypnosis, you think, I've just got to learn the magic words, and then boom, I can You're do like, Oh, it. there we go, yeah. Yeah, but it's not like that. So you go out, and you book a theatre, and everybody pays to come and see you, and you've spent like two or three thousand pounds um hiring this theater okay you spent three months actually trying to get people to come to the theater <laughs> eventually it's show night and you've just about broken even so you've broke you've made about 10 pounds you know on your you're show like, yeah. the theater show you've made 10 quid you're standing on stage <laughs> and you've got 20 empty chairs <laughs> And it's like okay in 10 minutes i might still have 20 empty chairs because it's not like music or magic where you can rehearse your stuff and just go and do it yeah and the audience either like it or they don't but you still say well i've given you a show Hypnosis, if you don't have the right volunteers
0: So you have to have There's results. no show
1: That's right And you're relying on people you don't know It's not stooged
0: And I suppose it's, it's also down to You know you don't know the type of person you're going to get And how suggestible right. they are when they get on That's stage
1: right. Point of fact, they're there. Well, <laughs> the worst show I ever did was on a cruise ship okay. It was my highest paid show ever And the worst show I've ever done <laughs> I was paid £1,000 to do two 45 minute shows okay. And go on holiday on a cruise ship for a week Bargain.
0: Not bad, is yeah. so <laughs> it?
1: <laughs> Problem was they were all really old, even older than me. <laughs> Nothing wrong with being old unless you're trying to do a hypnotist show. So they were old and Chinese. So only a third of the audience oh. could speak English, and they were all too old to kind of hear me. They're all deaf. And, <laughs> oh no! And the, and the show my show reacts on people being really lively to be funny. So for instance, at one point I make myself invisible and carry things around stage. And Everyone freaks out and they all run around thinking that like there's a ghost in the room. That yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, it's <laughs> uh, great, but on the cruise ship they didn't because first of all they couldn't hear me and secondly they misinterpreted the suggestions so they they thought that um, they couldn't see anything I was carrying around either
0: oh right okay yeah. so
1: <laughs> 10 minutes of my show on the cruise ship I was like carrying like these, this ghost around going woohoo woohoo and then just they're like, going like <laughs> of course the insane about him to show is the reaction of the people that are hypnotised yeah so they're just so <laughs> Just sat there doing nothing. And I only had forty five minutes to do the show. It takes like it takes thirty minutes to hypnotize people. So by the time you got them on stage, there's only 10 minutes after <laughs> the show. And they're old. So at the end of the show, um I played Chariots of Fire and they were like going running back to their seat in like slow motion like they yeah. and fall asleep in their chairs. It was like that at the beginning of the show. I was like, can I have any volunteers and they go, All right, put it in a minute <laughs> And we're like coming up to the stage in slow motion. I was in the frames and things. Was like... So I kind of um and then I did the stunt. Wrote, um, right, which went made international news. Do you know about this?
0: No. You need to tell. How them. long have you
1: known me? You don't know about this. No. We're going to have to cut this interview down massively because I've waffled. <laughs> this is hilarious. Okay. So we decided we were going to do a TV program called Mythnosis. Okay. Which would test truths and myths about hypnosis because people will always think, <clears throat> is you know, can you do this? Can you do that? Is it a real thing? You know, would people commit murder? All these, all these kinds yeah. of things, right? We didn't murder anyone. It's okay. A few. So we okay. wrote a whole list of questions. Wouldn't it be funny if? Right, we had this massive brainstorm session with all my best mates having a real giggle about stuff. And one of the ones that came up wouldn't it be funny if a hypnotist did a show on stage and then had a heart attack and died? Okay. <laughs> While well, everyone was still hypnotized on stage. Interesting. Yeah, be funny. Okay, yeah. Be funny, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we did. So we hired <laughs> so a theater, put on a proper theater show. And at the end of the theater show, I pretended to fall over and knock myself out. Right, okay. And everyone was left <laughs> hypnotized on stage. <laughs> as martians with no no means of coming out of the trance (laughs) it's a genius idea isn't it yeah so i got my friend to film it in the audience and he sent it to news of the world just pretending he was an audience member he said oh (laughs) i saw this last night it was hilarious and news of the world got hold of it and the next day all of the national press are phoning me up seriously yeah so we played hard to get because we wanted them to kind of create the story and dig even deeper and come up with some quite weird story. So I said, no, no comment. So then they kind of thought that it was true. It really <laughs> happened, that it wasn't a hoax. They thought it was a real story. So they started interviewing everyone that was at a theatre and stuff. And it was in all of the national newspapers, not just in England, across the world. It was on Fox News in America. Really? Yeah. It was on Sky <laughs> News in Australia. The, Hong Kong even made an animated television program out of it about it oh yeah <laughs> you've got to search it search him, it just fall over and knocks himself stuff out I on mean, youtube but the third one that comes up is a is a chinese animation <laughs> of me with this hilarious chinese like voiceover and yeah so i was on the Jamie vine show yeah i was on have i got news for you and then i clip it on Have i got news for you like all in the course of a week It must have you know you googled like David Day's hypnotist that day, and it had like a a billion (laughs) like (laughs) links or something on Google. It was nuts.
0: How was it received? Was it well received? or was Yeah, it was hilarious. Yeah. I mean, it,
1: was so, like, it, it caused a bit of a rift in the hypnosis community, <laughs> you know, because you know, sometimes people like take life far too seriously, you know, so it caused a bit of an argument. Like, yeah. That's what the Jamie Vine chair was all about. There's all these people, I started this massive argument and they like, oh, I, I set the scene. <laughs> I just step back and let all the people that take life too seriously all argue about this stuff. <laughs> well, we all kind of like stood behind the scenes going, <laughs> 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 funny. but no, it was, uh, it was just a great laugh. And that's what led to getting recognised by MTV. Right, okay. Do, just, just <laughs> yeah. and, and it's funny, you know, you can put all this money and effort into promoting yourself. All it takes is one gem of an idea that yeah. catches people's like imagination. <laughs> it was a piddly little hundred-seater theatre on Portland, which I hired for a tenner. Well,
0: where they, well, you did this? Where we did it. That's it was Manor the
1: Theatre on Portland. Lo- lovely place, but not a big place. No. And my mate's mobile phone. There you go. And, a really, and a really good <laughs> idea. It wasn't even a good video. It didn't even look convincing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, But
0: he got out there That's yeah. crazy So search
1: um, David Day's hypnotist yeah. Falls over and knocks himself out something like that. It'll come up on YouTube and Google It's everywhere it was, awesome. it was the second most read news story in the BBC that day <laughs> And it's the one that they picked as their favourite news story At the end of the year when they did their Christmas version Really?
0: Yeah. Man, mm. I just think <clears throat> that you inspired a, a Chinese animation I did Out of something you did yeah. That's crazy I, I influenced awesome.
1: the world <laughs> But the reason I didn't pursue hypnosis in the end is it just wasn't me. Lots of people within my circle of friends didn't like the fact I was doing it very much because they didn't really understand what it was. And I have a okay. lot of religious friends and um, they don't understand it. They're not, you know, they're told that it's not good. Right, they don't okay. really know what it's about. It's not evil. <laughs> but you can't convince, you can't change people's minds No, I didn't realize people, from people that thought that way about hypnosis. N- yeah, no, well, yeah. not everybody does, you know um but a lot a lot do um and so it didn't feel congruent it didn't you know you, you know when sometimes you're moving towards something it just feels right and everything's behind you it never ever felt like that it was always a struggle and I also didn't like the fact that you'd go on stage and there'd be 20 empty seats and you might still have 20 empty seats at the end and yeah. have to say sorry I've just hypnotized you'll just show like just think you've seen a really rubbish hypnotist on am Paul McKenna. good night and then quickly <laughs> run off stage um so I kind of dropped it because of that I was good at it and people yeah. loved it. And people often said to me, oh, why did you stop doing that? Because your shows were hilarious. They they loved it. It was really good. Really mm. good show. Probably the best live show I've done. But it doesn't feel as good as it does now. Like promoting Asher. Uh, like managing so uh, managing Asher producing and... and producing Asher and doing that. That just feels right. That feels what I was born yeah. to do. Even more than the magic, which I also love and I you know, was quite good at. Um, that just feels congruent because everybody's behind it and everything's forging forwards yeah and every time you put something out there, everybody gets on board about it, and they share it and they they think it's great. Do it just feels like the right thing to do.
0: I think that's really interesting though because I don't think you really find out what you enjoy unless you try different things yeah you know clear. and although you found a number of things that you were good at and that you enjoyed doing, mm. you found one that just kind of poked his head up more than any of the that's other right. ones.
1: I think if I you know if anyone ever said to me what could you do if you know you never failed you know it, you know, if you could write the script it would be music really? have a number one hit record that'd be what I'd want that to do that would be your my, my main ambition for life is just to be happy that's my mantra for life yeah and to make everyone else around me happy as well I kind of I worked that out about age 20 that's the first thing that it says I've got a little goals book the things yeah. I want to achieve and that's the first thing it says and that's the thing which has never changed you know just be happy yeah and whatever it takes to be happy but Happiness comes from different places. It comes from within, mainly. You know, mm-hmm. if you're unhappy when you're not successful, you're going to be unhappy when you are successful as well because it's a state of mind. Yeah. You know, it's not really linked to money. Although, if you've not got very much money, that could be very miserable. So there's a certain kind of amount of money, I think, that you will be comfortable with where you can then go, I can be happy now. Yeah. Yeah. But beyond that, riches, I don't think, really make you happy. I'm not super wealthy. I'm not a millionaire. not far off it. You know, in terms of assets and things, Um, but I was no more happier now than I was at university when I had just a few hundred quid in the bank.
0: Yeah, when you're living off yeah student meals. Yeah, I know,
1: (laughs) but but it's because I still had ambition. I knew where my life was going. I had, I knew, I knew what I was doing. So that was my mantra: be happy. And then my kind of first goal: what would I really love to do? What would I be happy doing? Would be making music. And the thing that would enable me, in my mind, to make music for the rest of my life would be to have a successful record.
0: Interesting. Because then
1: I would earn money from that and then I'd yeah. be able to do that and not worry about having to get a rubbish job. Yeah. So my, my mantra is be happy and make everyone else happy as well. And my But my goal, my specific goal, is a number one UK hit record.
0: Is that still the goal? Mm.
1: And it has been for about 20 years. I just haven't applied myself properly mm-hmm. until this year. I've studied it for 20 years. I've known all along what I should be doing. Mm-hmm and the key thing that I haven't been doing and know that I haven't been doing is I haven't had to do it
0: interesting because I had a
1: fallback plan yeah and I knew that's what was stopping my music career and that's why eventually I thought well I'm at the stage now where I can remove that as well yeah now I have to do it I'm going to
0: because I noticed um, when you because I knew you when you started to do this full time
1: yeah
0: um, that you have you've obviously from a teacher you've influenced a lot of young people yeah um poor
1: things <laughs>
0: well, <laughs> yeah. you <know>. sorry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> has that affected what you do now because it seems to be that especially some of the, the people that you are training and stuff like that mm. have come from your teaching background yes
1: it has helped but I guess I know them through my teaching background because I was a teacher if I was a producer from the age of 20 I would have met them other ways you think would, so? I, yeah definitely because I'm meeting people now yeah. As a producer, I'm meeting other people that I could have chosen to produce and manage as Interesting. well. Interesting. Yeah, that I that I never taught. Yeah. However, the fact that um, I met Asha and she was in my class, that was the catalyst for me saying now's the time. Someone like this doesn't just doesn't come up. It's like I've been teaching for 20 years and I've yeah. seen two or three of them come up in my time and they are now professional m- you know, musicians. So like Asha's my best shot <laughs> at doing what I love yeah now's the time i'm gonna go for it
0: so so doing it this time round, then um you you're doing it from the position of being a music producer yeah mate primarily yeah yeah
1: yeah a, a songwriter really but the production side is useful because as a songwriter and an artist if you don't get noticed by a big record label then you're not going to go anywhere yeah so the solution to that is to learn how to do it yourself there you go uh, and that's what <laughs> i've done you know
0: i think i think especially in this day and age um You know, we are so fortunate that you, the gatekeepers are not quite there as they were ten years ago, even five years ago. That's right. Because you can launch yourself on Spotify on your own from your bedroom. That's right. I mean, you You wouldn't be able to do that before. No. And and you're seeing it. And you can record hit
1: records from your bedroom as well. Yeah,
0: I mean, people do it. Yeah. Um. And Mm. so, yeah, you don't have to rely on those other people to do it, but it is that is on you to get yourself out there and to do that's it that's right
1: it is and there's something I really love about the story and the feeling of finding someone like Asha and making her dreams come true as well yeah at just the same give us time a little mine. bit
0: context of Asha because mm. if people who don't know who she is yeah what, who is she and how does she relate to you
1: so at the moment she's 13 she's a singer songwriter and has the most amazing voice I think I've I've ever heard I might be biased but I just think she's <laughs> totally amazing very very talented Um, And I've been her music mentor for the last couple of years. So I taught her how to play the piano. I taught her how to write songs. Um, I've taught her bits of singing. Other people have taught her how to sing as well. There's all sorts of people that are involved in her development. But I'm the main person. So she was in my class from the age of nine. And through musicals and things, because I write write musicals and all sorts sorts of things at schools and shows and that. And through the shows that we did at school, I noticed that she was pretty talented. You know, one of the most talented pupils I'd ever seen. And I didn't do anything for the first couple of years because it would have been a bit biased because she was in my class. I just kind of held back and just yeah. like, treated everyone the same as I always did as a, as a teacher. But then when she came to leave year six, that was decision time. And I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do it. So I, I approached Asha's parents and said, look, I'm thinking of leaving teaching. They were the first people to know.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. That's said, really interesting. I want
1: to like, uh, become a songwriter and a music producer. And um, I'd like to train up Asha so she can follow us on that journey. And, you know, are you interested? <laughs> it's like, yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it started from there. And, Was it something
0: she wanted to do 100% as well?
1: She came to me in year six without knowing anything about my background and said, oh, she, just just with the things I'd done with her at school, like the musicals and being on, on uh, Air FM. Yeah. Uh, Air 107.2, sorry. And so she, she um, just said, oh, I'd love to do this like for the rest of my life. And I kind of said, she just kind of came out with it. I can't even remember where we were when she said it. Yeah. But I remember her saying it. And I said... Really? Do you, do you really mean that? You know, I didn't tell her what was going on in my head. Yeah, she yeah, went, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I really do. I definitely want to do this, and I could see that she meant it, and mm-hmm. I could see that she was good, and I could see that she could achieve it. And over the next like two and a half years that have been since then, and I've been training her, she hasn't lost any of that spark and ambition. In fact, it's just grown stronger. as she's beginning to realise that she can do more and more, and yeah. get better and better and better at what she does. So it's the perfect thing, because, you know, I, I've had mentors that have had number one hit records. So I get a lot of information from the music industry about how it's actually done. I know, I know the path. I know what needs to be yeah. done. I just need to do it. Um, you know, so Asher is the talent, and I've got the know-how and the connections. And you put the two together, and it's just the perfect combination. You know, it's, it's. I think it's going to take a lot to stop, stop us. I, I believe more now than anything, and anything that I've ever done before. I believe that I can achieve this, and it's because we've got everything perfectly in place. We've got the super talent. <laughs> we can make everything that we want to make ourselves you know we've got, we've got the studio we've got the videos we've got the know-how of how to promote ourselves we're, yeah. we're getting better and better as we go along all the time we're still on steep learning curves but I can see it going all the way it's just a matter of time it's a matter of time and chance
0: yeah and, and hard work to sort yeah. of get it there
1: yeah but that bit we're doing Yeah, you know we're, we're going at it full on um, so the hard work is there the hard work's there, the talent is there and success success is that it's just talent and hard work Yeah. and so we're just enjoying the journey and it's just a matter of time.
0: That's it, just a matter of time. Yeah. Watch this space. Yeah. That's yeah. it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> just hoping she still wants me to be helping her when she's kind of when she's made it. Yeah. But um but you know, we've um written up a management contract now and she wants me to stay with her to the age of twenty one. Interesting. Mm. And if I've not helped her make it by then then she's better off with somebody else anyway. But she will still be young enough to do it. Yeah. So I won't be holding her back. She's planning to go to Brit school as well, where we'll make loads of connections in london um so she would graduate that's from where that
0: a number of people yeah went people like adele
1: like. and jesse jay and that and leona lewis um and so from the age when she graduates there from the age of 18 to 21 um, she should have made all those connections at brit school i've yeah. got like three years to help her make it while she's at university if that's where she goes
0: so is your is your main focus on Asher or do you do other people yeah, as well? Yeah, it
1: is. I mean, I I do I advise other people, but not in the same way as Asher. So it's a bit like Jerry Maguire. I'm much more like Jerry Maguire than Simon Cowell. <laughs> and again, this comes back to me like being happy and how I enjoy life and how I yeah. want to live my life. And so, yeah, I don't. I'm not really interested in just going around and finding the next big thing and then quickly trying to make them famous. And I also yeah. don't yet have the right context to that anyway. I'm much more interested in the fairy tale you know taking someone from a very young age discovering them helping them all the way make it all the way and i'm on that journey with them that's great Mm.
0: i think that's um kind of interesting as well because you could be doing so many things Mm. but it would keep you so busy Mm. and it's trying to find that balance Mm -hmm. of you know again you know you could be working every hour of all the day but it would would it make you happy Mm. Right. You know, you wouldn't actually have any time to enjoy anything That's if you right. did that. Yeah. So it's interesting how you found that balance in yeah. in your focus and thinking. You know what, I've got one very talented individual that I can help and have all the focus on. Um, but it doesn't mean you can't give advice. And, and obviously you've got the recording studio where people do come in That's and right. record and things like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. People kind of pay me to come and like record and things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a good way of making money as a musician in between doing all the bits for Asher and that. Um, Asher's stuff I've always given for free. Because I've always seen us as a team.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: like being in a band. You wouldn't charge your band members to come and rehearse with you.
0: No. <laughs>
1: and and that's what we've always had. And, and the family are amazing to work with as well. And we've always had that kind of like trusting, uh, working relationship. Um, and I think, you know, if Asha's going to make it, she needs me to be behind her 100% all in. Same, same yeah. as her. If I work with too many other artists, I'm going to dilute the amount that I can give to Asha and she's less likely to make it.
0: I think I think also um you it's amazing how having somebody who's experienced and is a mentor can influence you mm. than trying to do it yourself. Mm. You know? Um I know when I started learning how to DJ, I was twelve and we literally went to like all the DJ shops in Bristol. We got to know the people, you got to see them. And you suddenly learn a lot quicker than if I was just in my bedroom. That's right. Like, oh yeah, this sounds good. That's right. Um, And I think you you don't sometimes you don't realize how influential people can be. That's right. And having good contacts, good people who you're able to learn from, who are in the industry doing it. I mean, you have got that experience. Yep. So, sort of looking forward, then obviously we've talked a lot about where you came from, where you are now. Mm. So, what's your sort of plan going forward with everything you've got going on?
1: Just continue to do what I love and enjoy it. You know, do spend as much of my life as I can making music. Yeah. Um, we've got the the record, the number one record as a goal. Um, I want to try to achieve that. Well, um, my aim is to achieve that before Asher is twenty one, before the management contract runs out. Yeah. I'll be about fifty five by that time, ready to retire. So I'd love to like write a few hit records, make enough money on the royalties to then retire if I want to. Or just continue making music if I want to. Yeah. So that's my that's my long term aim.
0: It's nice that you you have something as well that you love doing so much that it's something you want to just keep keep doing. That's right. And I think that's sometimes the goal is just finding those things that you will always find joy in. That's right. No matter what. Because one of the things I always find fascinating what you're doing with Asher especially is you've got some very creative projects and ideas that come through through videos. I mean. Mm. You mm. you know, you're busking and mm. you did the whole 200-pound £200 200 dog, dog bowl, bowl yeah. that happened. <laughs> you got Asher to go to London and hug people, <laughs> strangers. And where do you get your inspiration from? I know,
1: it's crazy, isn't it? It's it's such an interesting one that I don't know. Um, I think I've always exercised my imaginative mind. I think it's like going to the gym. Yeah. Yeah. And the, my creative mind is something that I've I've always used. And so I've never lost it. Because I often have conversations with people where mm-hmm. I, I'm explaining something to them and say, look, you can just do this. And even when I've laid the idea out to them, they still don't get it.
0: I do that. And they get so frustrated. Yeah. I'm like, you can do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah.
1: And it's like, why don't you get it? And they just can't visualize it in the same way that, that I can. Yeah. And, and I was going to say, quite often, most of the time, like 90% of the time when I'm doing shows and that, I literally just have to say to people, just please do that, do that, do that. Trust me, you'll see. And then it comes together and they go, ah <laughs> I see it now I see what you mean and it's made me realize that I'm really lucky yeah because most people don't seem to be able to to do that and I don't know why I can do it um other than I've just always practiced doing it so where do I get my ideas from you know I I guess I just I'm always, I'm interested in entertainment so I'm always watching videos I'm always like listening to music I'm always thinking about oh what could what could we, what could we do but how did I get i don't know how these ideas came up. the 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 hypnotist idea came up with the brainstorm that was probably the biggest one i've ever done which had the most attention from anybody like going all over the world that was just a brainstorm and a bunch of mates and always when you've got a group of people you're going to have more ideas than you ever will the banter
0: that goes back exactly someone says something
1: that then leads you to think of an idea that you wouldn't have thought of otherwise you know even if it was you that came up with the idea you still might not have thought of that idea unless you were within that group of people having that conversation with them um the dog bowl um I'd, I'd always had in mind that I was going to do it like a year or so before like the the busking crew really said oh let's go and do something and then I just fit the idea that I had a year ago to what was going on now and I thought oh that idea fits this at this time so we'll we'll do my idea there mm-hmm. um but the idea for that I just thought you know if you're going to what would be make a good music video um and I don't know, I guess we're busking, and I thought, well, what would you do with the money to busking? You'd give it maybe to a homeless person, and that would be a really sweet thing to do. Yeah. You know, that, um, for that homeless person, also, it would be like a really nice moment to, for, to share with people on video as well. And then I kind of thought, but you're not really supposed to do that. So, um, what's the next best thing? Well, why not go into a charity shop and just give them the money? You get the same, the same experience of that person's reaction when you give them all that money for something that they really love. Yeah And it's, it's suddenly turned something very visual You know, everyone gives money to charity But you never see the impact it has on the face of the person you're giving it to That's true And that's where that came from That made that visual connection for me um, We've got an idea for, There's a song on the album called Throw Arms Around the World Which is about An um, Asha's album On Asha's album yeah. About helping Africa And for years I've had this idea of um, taking Asha to Africa And helping a school
0: Right, okay. And
1: uh, filming a music video with them and raising money for them with that song. Mm -hmm. And that's going to happen, but now it's not the right time. When she's more popular and we can make a bigger impact with that, is when we'll execute that. So that might happen in like two years down the line or something. But that idea is there. Um, And again, it's just turning uh, like an idea for a song into something visual. You know, if you've written a song about helping Africa, what would you do? You'd go to Africa Africa, (laughs) and and film it. And it's it's not limiting yourself. Often when I brainstorm with people, this is important, when I brainstorm with people, they have limiting beliefs from the beginning. This happens very much in magic.
0: It's like, let's create a
1: show. What do you want to do? And they go, oh, I don't know. And I say, well, let's make a, a card appear on the outside of the window. And they go, yeah, but... I don't know how you would do that. I say, yeah, but it doesn't matter. You don't need to know how you would do that. You just need <laughs> yeah. to know we want to do it. Let's create a show, visualise a show of what we want to happen. And then we'll work we'll out how it we're going to make that happen. There's always there's always a way. And there is always a way. And that's the way I write shows with Martin and how he put his BGT stuff together and his blindfold attempt and all that kind of stuff. Um, and when I'm working with people, it's really hard to get that over to them. It's like, no, forget the methods. Forget what you know is possible. Yeah. Just imagine big. And then... And then cut back afterwards. After you've had that big, don't limit yourself at the start. Never limit yourself at the start. You think, what will we do? Wallop. Yeah. So, for Afish's next video, you know, what do we want to do? Let's go on a tour of Europe. That'd be amazing. Let's sing <laughs> uh, a song in the capital city every day. Because if you're a pop star, that's what you would do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I didn't think, oh, but how am I going to make that happen? I just thought, that's what I want to do. And I thought, right, we're going to do that, and that is what we're going to do for a second album. By the way, really, we're going to go to Europe, and every day we're going to film a music video in a new capital city. We're going to edit the music video on the way to the next capital city. We're going to release a music video a day, and release the album at the end of the week. Oh
0: wow! Yeah, that sounds really interesting. Yeah, so that's the
1: big idea. So I thought, well, how can we make that happen? And then it's easy when you start planning it. Well, yeah. you know, you can't get on the Eurostar and you go to you just film a music video in Paris. You get on the the, the Eurostar, you go to London, then you go to Paris on the Eurostar, and then you catch a, a night train down to. Like the next country and the next country, and the next country. It's easy. <laughs> yeah, it's quite, from to It's just I love how logistics. you said as well, like
0: often you limit yourself before you've even started. Yeah.
1: And that's so important that you know you don't you don't do that. So um yeah, the the dog ball, I'm just trying to think of, like how I got other ideas. Um oh so the hugging idea.
0: Yeah.
1: Um so that was about if you want to change the world. Um, it starts with me, it starts with you. So to me, it's just, it's logical. It's about, it's about two people, isn't it? It's about two people connecting. And if everybody did that, everybody, the world would be a wonderful place. And what's the easiest way of showing people connecting? Give them a hug. Give them a hug, yeah. (laughs) So then what should we do? Mm, Let's film it in London because there's lots of, of because the song is really about diversity and acceptance. Mm -hmm. There's no point doing it in Weymouth, you know, when everyone's white. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) It doesn't come over (laughs) the same. Where are we going to find lots of multiculture in London and also London's a perfect place to film a music video with Asher because um people will see her in London
0: like true. the music
1: capital and think that she's from London mm. and if they live in London might book her to do gigs there um and so we thought oh, what should we do let's go to London and ask people to hug us
0: <laughs> as you do yeah. <laughs> yeah easy who inspires you you do Kaylee. oh thanks I yeah. appreciate that <laughs> yeah you do
1: yeah because of your positive outlook and um your willingness to help other people. Because that's what I'm all about. And so knowing people like you makes me become more like the person I want to be.
0: Oh, thanks. Yeah. It's made me more self-conscious. <laughs> <hasn't it>?
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, my brother is a massive inspiration. Yeah. Um, but funny enough, most of my inspiration now comes from people that I'm helping rather than people that really? I look up to. So, and it's also funny, I've never really wanted to be anyone else. I've never been jealous of anybody. Okay. And so I don't look up to my brother in that way. I don't want to be him. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> but I admire what he does, and I'm very grateful for all the help that he's given me. Because I would not be who I am if it wasn't for him. Yeah. So he's an inspiration in terms of he showed me what to do, and he he created the spark that got me interested in everything that I do. So I, if I was being honest, I'd say Matt is my main inspiration out of anyone. Yeah. I can't really think of anyone else that comes close.
0: That's interesting.
1: But in terms of the people I'm helping now, Martin is a huge inspiration for me. I mean, yeah. we're not just work together; we're we're best of we're best mates, you know. And we just have such a laugh together, and we love creating stuff together. So he's a massive inspiration for me. Asha is a huge inspiration for me. You know, I I do what I do in the music industry because of her. Yeah. And without her, I wouldn't be where I am, and I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing, and I wouldn't have the drive that I have. Um. So she inspires me. Ash's mum inspires me. Anna is just the most incredible person. You know, she she's so easy to work with and if she wasn't ready to like drop things at drop off a hat and suddenly drive to Wales yeah, at last the minute sh- notice to film a music video for just one for just guys. for one clip <laughs> yeah. and come all the way back again just to like do a promo for XR and and still continues to trust me if I say do that do this let's do this and she's well on it. So um she's inc- and she's so caring. She's like Mother Teresa you know she looks after people if people are worried if if there's someone that doesn't have a place to stay she'll put them up in their house for example she's the person behind the scenes. always make sure everyone's okay fiona my wife is amazing you know she inspires me because she's just a like a trojan really Uh, she just works and works and works yeah and quietly behind the scenes makes everything that i do possible you know, I, I wouldn't have the time to do what I do if she wasn't doing all the boring stuff. Yeah. You know. It's so. amazing
0: to see that the people in s- who inspire you are those who kind of are your support. Yes. And have, you know, you're around closely. and Yeah. Um, and that having that support from those who are closest to you really helps you to kind of move 100%. forward.
1: My parents as well. Yeah. They inspire me in a different way. They're not... Um, They didn't really ever show me how to be good at what I did. And they never really sent me in the direction that I wanted to go on. But they've always taken an interest in what I do. And the biggest lesson any parent can learn, and I know this as a teacher, is just take an interest in your child. There you go. Just take an interest in them. You don't have to do anything (laughs) else. You don't have to be highly educated. Just be interested in what they're doing and they will flourish. The children that are ignored by their parents or the parents don't want to hear them read or they're not interested in the project they're doing, they give up. Interesting. Why, why would they why would they bother
0: yeah is and um, you know that that comes from the influence of those that you feel closest to that's right yeah yeah name one highlight of something you've done o- that you've really a- appreciated over the last however many years
1: yeah it's interesting my whole life feels like a highlight <laughs> It sounds so corny but it does because i'm always looking for the next thing which is going to make me happy or enjoy myself yeah so the one i'm going to choose today is Ash's music video? If you want to change the world,
0: the the one that you just released. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. That's the one where the you t- went to London, needed the hugging yeah. and everything.
1: Yeah. Why is that? Because it's just the latest thing that I've done, and I enjoyed it. Yeah. I'll pick something else next month. <laughs> <I'd> <laughs> I like pick something it. else a week ago.
0: Well, <laughs> I think I think especially because you you know I I spoken to you before you've so many different stories of things you know like <laughs> hypnotizing some celebrity or, or doing <laughs> yeah. you know magic trick over here and it's really nice that you kind of also have that living in the now moment so that yeah. you're appreciating the now
1: that's right yeah life is a collection of memories really isn't yeah it? that's what it is we just have a collection of memories and the more fun and nice memories you can generate for yourself the happier state of mind I think you'll have
0: yeah if you were going to go through your back catalogue of things you've done yeah what is one thing that you wish more people
1: had seen? I really. More of everything.
0: Just the whole thing?
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, because everything that I've done and I wanted people to see, they've seen it. But the numbers could be bigger, for example. You know, like Ash's, Ash's latest music video. What
0: you'd say is the most underrated?
1: Um, yeah, I can't think of one. I think most things have... Done what I expected them to do. That's great. But something like Ash's music video, that's doing what I expected it to do. Yeah. Because we're not that well established yet. You know, it's had like about a thousand views a day or something, it's on like four thousand views. Which is nice. But I think that's such a lovely message to give the world. I would love everyone in the world to see that.
0: Yeah. And I and I think, you know, people don't appreciate the amount of hard work that went into that video. I mean, no. you know, it was getting your whole weeks. team up to London that's right. the amount of people who willingly gave up their time to help you do it that's right and that's yeah. the
1: amazing thing I'm so blessed with the number of people that will just help me do stuff for free <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why <laughs> it's good do. to have that yeah. type of connection. <laughs> yeah. but I guess I've always done that for other people yeah and what goes around comes around that's very true yeah yeah so it's always worth doing things for others yeah because you get enjoyment out of doing it but it does it does pay back uh, that's not why i do it and that's not why you should do it mm-hmm. but it does have that repercussion
0: you know interesting yeah well thank you so much for talking to me today you're welcome uh, especially taking the time out of your your day and meeting me and um for doing the big one as okay. well we're gonna i'm gonna now sort of get you set up so you can write you get one page thank you very which much. is an a5 got got it here
1: do we film the writing of the page
0: we will be yes oh, okay so we have we have our so journal. So
1: I write it and you kind of like speed it up afterwards and then I do the big reveal and I turn it around to well, show everybody what it is. Well, what
0: we're probably going to do is I'm going to stop the video. You
1: could sing a song while I'm writing it or something oh, like that.
0: My lovely singing voice. <laughs> <laughs> so lovely. No, nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> so you get one A5 page to leave a message
1: Yeah. that Got you it. want
0: people to know you by. Yeah. And I it's very exciting. You're going to be cute. the first writer that I've done the big one with as well because hey. everybody else in here, my dad did... So, I'm very excited to be able to do this with you today. Do it.
1: I hope the pen hasn't run out over the past four years.
0: It's all right. I've, I've checked check his- it. We've, <laughs> we've got New Ink in the big one. He's had a good clean out <laughs> as well. He's, the, he's had a bit of a pampering session, so he's all ready to go. Um, is there anywhere that you want people to go to find out about you or anything, anything you want to leave people Prison? with?
1: <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um well I want to share my message with them once I've written it. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, okay. No, thank but, you but so much. But if you want to find me, it's um I've got a website, uh d A V I D D A Y S. If you see what know. I did there. Dot co UK.
0: Fantastic. And uh, thank you so much. If you wanted to keep up to date with the big one, hold on a second, Dave. Hold on a second. Just getting too excited. Um, yep. Please subscribe to the podcast or to the video, whatever you're watching this on. And of course, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. We'll be putting up images of what happens, what Dave writes in the big one, and you'll be able to kind of keep up I to date to with all the different people we then. meet. <laughs> if okay, one last question. Yeah. If you were going to send me to anybody to write with a big one who would you send me to
1: there's a few asher martin or matt
0: so asher do the others have surnames because i yeah
1: so uh, so it's asher menon okay martin reese he's the magician that lives in london or matt black my brother
0: okay cool so watch this space you might try and find some of them as well thank you <laughs> okay. so much all right